Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense. But we are a sub-science here to make things make sense. Today, we are talking about Elon Musk. And yes, this is a bit of a follow-up. We have done in one of our earlier podcasts, another podcast episode about Elon Musk. But now we are going to talk about how mostly Mitch has changed his tune on him based on some things that happened this weekend. And then we're going to get into some studies about electrical cars. All right, let's do it. Um, hi, how's it going? Oh, this is side note. I'm Mitch. <laughs> and I am Greg. Why can't we never get that? I, I feel like that's the most basic thing that every podcast figures what, out. What, like starting? Like They're everyone should like not a start. log line to say their names. <laughs> I don't know. I guess we don't have to do that. But every time I get so distracted by like doing these controls now that I never am like understanding what's happening. What's up? Speaking of Grimes, the control that we have now is what Grimes tours with. <laughs> she designed it. And again, speaking of Grimes, Grimes is currently had a baby today with Elon Musk. Her name's Claire Boucher, and she is a musician who I, Greg, love, and I am having a hard time grappling with the fact that she is having a baby with someone who I consider to be the world's evil villain. Okay. All right. Well, how else is your week going? We're going to get into that perspective. What else is new with you? Oh, God, not enough, because we are stuck in core core, as everyone else is. It was a warm day this weekend here in Toronto and it was a little bit unnerving to see so many people out and about we stayed home and that's I think the new I don't know that's the new thing that I'm trying to figure out is how we're going to move forward into like the nicer weather as spring hits here in Toronto but Mm -hmm. uh yeah no I, I mean outside of a few good things that have happened this week. It's been, I don't know. I'm struggling, I guess. Um, well, we just got some fun, good news of an event we're taking part in. You want to talk about that? Yeah. We're doing, well, we're not doing, but we're part of an event that's sort of a YouTube live stream commencement speech because so many people will be graduating, but at home. Which is so cool. Like when they reached out, I was like, that is so awesome. You know, like as teachers and like as wanting to be a teacher, like it was such a cool opportunity to be like, oh, we get to be a part of people graduating this year. Like we said yes immediately because it's just a cool idea. But then <laughs> though now we found out that uh, uh, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama are basically the top names. But then there's also BTS, Lady Gaga. Who else is? Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys. But our name was weirdly put like <laughs> above a lot of other people. And also the only name not spelled in all caps, like they actually put the sort of we, we do like a capital A and a capital science. Um, for some reason, the only name that was spelled without all comes, like I was like, what's going on? But it's really exciting. Um, and I think that's June 6th. 6th the only, like, I mean, I obviously care about 
all different types of celebrity. It's in my genes. I'm gay. <laughs> but um, Barack and Michelle Obama is just crazy. I just, I mean, I absolutely love both of them like deeply. I honestly think like they could come on my computer screen right now and I could start crying. Like I just can't. Believe. Do you mean like to say hello to you or you just mean a video of them? Oh no, any video. Any photo, <laughs> it's honestly. like come on your computer screen like to be like, hi Greg. It's <laughs> no, I, li- I literally mean like, a clip whenever I see clips of Barack Obama like addressing the nation as a president like as he used to do I get so emotional because I'm just like oh my god like I mean I lo- I I was a stan for the eight years and, like, I <laughs> you loved, were a stan I really loved life I really loved too, life but, then um <laughs> uh changing topics something else I've been playing a lot of is Animal Crossing and I don't know why I just wanted to talk about it but I feel finally proud and at the point where my little town is coming together really nicely. And you know what? I had a moment where I realized you can learn a lot from video games because I actually know the names of flowers now. I don't know much about gardening, but now when I see flowers, I'm like, that's a hyacinth. That's a tulip. That's like, I just, I, because I don't know why I thought that was so interesting, but I was just, no, that's actually really cool. Realizing how a video game in the context of something can actually teach you. Not that it's necessarily trying to, but I can recognize certain flowers because you like, is it educational? I don't know anything about animal crossing, but no, it's just like a capitalist (laughs) pursuit. Wait, but you just said hyacinths and tulips. Yeah. But you're basically trying to make your Island bigger and better. And you're appeasing this capitalist man, Tom Nook. Uh, AKA Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah. Who just wants to make things bigger and better. Like it starts out by being like, oh, it's an escape to a cute little island. But then you're encouraged to make it bigger and invite more people and build houses and build beautiful gardens and all those kind of things. It's and actually, you're basically just like chasing money the whole time. No. <laughs> every time I picture you, like every morning, Mitch uh, has a little coffee and I hear the noises. I'm like, oh, wow. He's, you know, really doing something. That's like he's learning about Truly, flowers. I'm waking up every day because I'm like, if I don't wake up and do it today, I won't get my $30,000 from a tree and $20,000 from a rock. And, I, and you have to do it every single day if I want to, like, you know, rack up my bills and buy a new couch. You actually are, like, you are, I mean, and I'm not saying this is necessarily a bad thing, but, okay, like, here the, we go. The, the tinkle tinkle, the noises that I hear from other rooms, I'm like, you are addicted to Oh, it. for sure. Yeah. I'm absolutely addicted to it. I play you every like, day. You keep being like, I don't know why, I just haven't, I just haven't read any books this year <laughs> and i'm like well i'm like in bed reading a book and i just hear like ding ding ding, ding, ding. yeah well you know what it, video games are great and it's a, a great escape i think do whatever uh you can to survive these times i say that as loud as i can into the mic because i uh, eat <laughs> edibles every day <laughs> yeah this is our comparison greg eats edibles and i play animal crossing and we all have our things okay okay that was Don't musically like, right like brilliant it was like oh <laughs> what did we learn this week lol me saying musically brilliant know who is musically brilliant crimes i'm so we're gonna get there Greg. About we're our gonna conversation. Get that conversation so <sighs> this week i wanted to address and learned about murder hornets have you heard about them yet? oh my god <laughs> i haven't had the intellectual capacity to get into this i'm still <laughs> on COVID 19 I'm still actually my what we learned speaks about COVID nineteen. So I'm like I'm so sorry, everyone. We are smiling behind these microphones, but we are going to come at you with the bleakness of yeah. Okay, of so life. well, it's okay. It's not as bleak as people are making it seem. As you know, for the clicks, the media loves and websites love to get those clicks. So I was reading an article 
today about that name, Murder Hornets, which yeah, is like that. sensationalist. Um, wait, wait, are you serious? They're not scientifically called that. They just no, that's their colloquial name that everyone's calling them. And the scientist oh. was basically like, "If you're a bee, maybe like, <laughs> <laughs> like the bees are getting murdered. That is true. So that's that is still a, bad. That is a bad thing, but." Humans don't need to be worried about being murdered. Although, okay, I'm going to give you some facts because about 30 to 50 people die from these bees in Japan alone every year. What? Yeah, from getting stung by them. Not like once, I think, but you can have like cardiac arrest or like uh, there was a, a heart attack. Isn't that the same thing? Oh my God. Okay. So it's not like <laughs> swarms of bees covering them and like murdering them with their stingers. No, it's like it's a just, repercussion of so the shock. So the- uh, Asian giant hornets basically and they have now been seen so for context they've been seen in america in the fall of last year and in canada let me guess florida no it's on the (laughs) west coast and it's actually like most in bc they've seen them a couple times wait bc is in canada babe I know. I said the U.S. and Canada. I'm oh. saying the West Coast, Greg, <laughs> includes both America and Canada. Thank you, I was geography. like, if you got to be saying D.C., if you're going to be saying America, that's Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah. It's Washington BC. is where they saw them. Oh, but Washington both. State. D.C. and B.C. No. Wa- okay, oh, I don't know the difference. No, no, no. Oh, I'm Canadian. Wow. <laughs> uh, I, love, I know whenever I make mistakes about geography in America, I'm like, well, I'm Canadian. I actually don't even want to know about your country. <laughs> um, Washington, D.C. No, that's White House. Washington State is like Seattle, which makes sense because that's, that's what I meant, yeah. where... Underneath B.C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You saved yourself. That's what I said. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So those were seen in the fall. And so now I think they're being seen again and they're predicting because it's spring, we may have a season where we see more than we ever would and that they might have migrated, not migrated over here. The theory is that they might have been uh, brought in on a ship or something. Okay. I was like, I don't think they flew across the Pacific. Well, no one really knows. And one article, it was like, we don't know if they accidentally went in the cargo or intentionally. And I was like, what do you mean intentionally? Oh my God. People are so into tearing. Like we need to come together world. We need to stop tearing each other apart. Wait, what? I feel like they were probably being like, well, who knows? Maybe someone brought it here. No, that's not what they meant. They, oh. I, I thought it was funny because I was like, oh, did the bees intentionally got on a boat to come to BC? No, Mitch, don't you think that they were trying to say like someone intentionally? No, I think they meant did the bees go in the cargo oh, wait are you, <laughs> I, I don't think they were trying to have a philosophical question about whether or not these bees have a conscience to like okay. <laughs> i thought they meant like did they accidentally get stuck in the cargo or was there some fruit in it that they wanted to eat no i, I mean i don't know because you read the oh article, now i'm seeing I, you mean like did someone put them on yes like to like screw over the americas i think no, that's more that's not mid, it mid, no that may be what the article was saying oh yeah yeah um Oh so no okay but what i was going to say later <laughs> but i'll just say it now is that the uh <laughs> researchers or scientists who were talking about this were saying this isn't something this isn't some horror film that's about to start yes we might see them, their that- prevalence here but we're not so no one brought them here to suddenly take over north america <laughs> we do not have <laughs> The capacity to be going through the current pandemic horror <laughs> film. And li- I'm honestly, honestly, if there was a like what I pictured when people started talking about murder hornets, <laughs> I pictured like arachnophobia, just them like swarming everyone. Well, they're like, huge. Too much. They're about two inches long, I think it said. So they are the biggest hornets in the world. Wow. And they have huge stingers that have toxins in them. Their and faces they- are huge and orange. That's how you can tell. Like if you basically, they were like, if you see a giant Asian hornet, you will know because oh, of how big God. it is. And the um, issue is that they are killing bees. Yeah, so they kill oh, honeybees. That's and they, also they basically so bad. literally decapitate them, and then they take over their 
um, their uh, nest and kill all the bees and then keep the young to feed to their young. Oh my God. Murder hornets. Take over the hive of bees. Okay. Relax. Murder hornets. That's horrifying. They literally like use their mandibles to chop off their heads. Why? (laughs) Sometimes I'm like nature. Oh, I'm like picturing trees and beautiful waterfalls. And then other times it's like, oh, well actually there's just like this predatory wasp that will like literally murder and like salvage and like suck dry. But ultimately you don't need to be afraid. They said, if you see it, don't try and kill it. Just like report it was their request. (laughs) Um, But it's more like if you came across a nest, you would be be like a Karen. Don't disturb them. Yeah. Be a Karen. Excuse me. There's a big ass hornet. (laughs) Well, it was like, don't try and kill it. Like, just let it be. They're not going to want to attack you. So just like most bees, you know, if you kind of like don't bother them, then you'll be fine. I shouldn't say most bees. I think lots of bees are perfectly tame and fine. But you know what I mean? When when a bee's near you, if you swat it, you might actually aggravate it versus if you just kind of like gently push it along if it's too close to you or just like all right oh my god i love swat versus the gentle which i've never been able to do i'm always like "Ah!" (laughs) um okay wow what did you learn this so so my main takeaway though is that they're not murdering us okay good to know well (laughs) but they might kill some people so and in and in long term the we do need the bees and there's also a virus affecting bees i was learning a lot about today Mm -hmm. uh which is like i mean i don't need to go into the virus but the bees but it's really interesting they're doing this like really cool study on them and they found that they like don't feed in the same way when they have the virus and it's like so interesting speaking of like bee consciousness like they can't tell whether they're like either not hungry or they're actually trying to not spread it to the rest of the colony like they Um, like they don't know why they all of a sudden feed less but it's kind of like an evolutionary strategy that they have the instinct to stay away or if they're just not hungry they're literally like physically self-isolating well don't bats do that as well they had done some studies about social distancing and isolating where they realized sick bats actually self-isolate that's sick at at least maybe in certain species it might have been vampire bats now i'm just saying facts that i don't have the proof for but i heard (laughs) oh my god (laughs) literal vampires okay Ah, okay. Oh yeah, I still have to do what we learned this week. I'm like, speaking of vampires, Elon Musk. Okay, I need to <laughs> and Grimes. <laughs> I feel like if that one of them's a vampire, it's probably Grimes. Okay, you zip your lip. <laughs> We're talking to a Grimes fan here. Okay. So my letter, what did we learn this week? Is just some updates. Uh so I was reading this really interesting article about like in COVID nineteen times, how like Obviously, we have to worry a lot. And on our channel in the coming two weeks, you're going to see like a lot of videos about misinformation and how we have to try and tackle that. But like within the medical community, things spread really fast, but like for good reason. And the analogy they use, because like people need new information and they need to know, like people want to know like pre-studies and like people want to know everything that's sort of like up to date and it happens really fast. About COVID-19. Like if you're a doctor, you actually are like, okay, what's happening in Barcelona? What's happening in Italy? Like even like rumors and rumblings, like there's, there's talk about people literally like texting each other, but it's like doctor Mm. to doctor. Okay. Okay. Whereas like, you know, we probably shouldn't get into like the world of like the people who aren't doctors making (laughs) random shit up. Um, But information is traveling very fast because everyone wants to figure out answers or even anecdotes. Yes. And so like they were like one analogy they used, which I thought was helpful is that like, um, right now during a pandemic, what it's almost like weather reports during a storm, like you're getting update updates, like all the time they're unique to medicine and dealing with the pandemic, but like they can change. Like when you're a storm is happening, you're going to get mm. weather, but like, it's not necessarily always like, like they don't know for certain. Right. Yeah. For certain. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to tell you these sort of three new like pre-studies and they have some pretty strong research about symptoms 
of COVID-19, one of which they've really started to see enough of to talk about in Nature Magazine, Science Magazine I've been reading, which is the loss of uh, taste and smell. Oh, I have heard that. Okay. Yeah. So that is something that I think at the beginning, you know, that you could hear something like that, especially with misinformation all over the place and think like, okay, like Mm -hmm. what? Yeah. But they're really finding that that is a symptom in quite a few people. Again, they don't know why would some people would have it. Some people wouldn't, but still test positive. But it is enough that they're like, we need to report about this. Also, sudden strokes due to blood clots in adults between the ages of 30 to 50. So Uh, this, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So this is the new one that I like. I'm also shocked when a 30 year old's called an adult because I do not feel like an adult. Oh my God. My dreams are like Have you ever tried to try? No, I when feel it takes like longer than it takes us a while to make a TikTok. You know what I mean? Like that thing that comes <laughs> naturally like, to people. I plan it for a week. Um, Actually, okay. every time I post a TikTok, I'm like, "This is so sad. We're so old." Um, <laughs> Wait, someone had a good analogy. Not to go on a tangent here, but of when. Yeah, I mean, this is obvious, but when our parents and grandparents started joining Facebook and we were just like, ugh, they're so old, they don't get it, and now we are those people. Yeah, my friend Shannon said her little sister was like, yeah, TikTok's great, but the only thing that sucks is, like, adults. Like, literally, <laughs> oh, no. like, any adult on it. And then I, like, cut to people being like, hey, classic, bougie, ripped it. <laughs> it's so bad. Okay, okay, wow. Um, tonal shift, but back to sudden strokes. Um, yeah. So it is actually something they're really noticing. Again, it's like, from an epic what i just was laughing at the sudden tone yeah well i mean whatever it's like information the way that you get it it's important you know what people are probably sick of hearing this depressing stuff so i'm just gonna say it with a smile on my face yeah yeah. but it's like from epidemiological studies they're realizing that this time last year for example way less people were coming into hospitals between the ages of 30 to 50 with strokes that they're realizing like okay there must be some correlated yeah and like obviously these people aren't actually asymptomatic of COVID-19 they probably they test positive and a lot of them likely have it but they're not like you know sick with it and then having a stroke these are people coming in with strokes and mm-hmm. then people are going oh my god what like why are these numbers so yes. much higher than normal again something to be thinking about when you're deciding to take a nice leisurely walk with your friends in the park for some reason in the next like you know what I mean these are important it's still important we understand all these things that it's still very serious and the last one is red purple and brown discoloration in the toes yeah particularly I was gonna, in I was gonna ask if that was one because I saw Someone talk about that and I saw an image and then I just didn't know if it was real or not. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. why I like, was just using this opportunity to just let people know that this is information. Again, this is not like peer-reviewed uh, scientific journals with tons and tons of information because actually that's extremely hard to come by right now. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of pre-research and a lot of articles I've been reading in Nature and Science, they're like putting them in there saying, you know, this is what we're seeing throughout, mm-hmm. whether it's um, China, Italy, New York, now that we're like reflecting on this, looking back on last March and this March and looking at strokes in these age groups, it's worth noting because it's better to be safe and just right. know that these, this, this yeah, isn't misinformation. If your toes are looking a different color, like maybe take that as a sign. Or yeah. And just like any, it's good to know that. I mean, it makes it hard though. Cause it's that thing where every time I have a sniffle, every time I clear my throat, I start going, Oh my God, this is a possible symptom. Of- but I didn't say any, like you've known those for a right. long time. These are actually quite distinct. Those are pretty distinct. Yeah. yeah. Like, like from other diseases, losing I mean, your sense of smell right now. Yeah. Would, you be, would, be, would be a very important thing for you to understand understand the connection yeah, too. anyways sure. those are the three of them and i'll update any more that come but uh yeah nature magazines was talking about these and so was science and i thought okay like might as well get as many people as possible to at least understand this study time study time study time, study time. so today so 
to give people reminder context, our podcast structure used to be a bit different, but we have an episode on Elon Musk where we used to take a topic and each take a different side because Greg was very quick to jump down my throat and be like, you were pro Elon Musk before. And I just want to point out that I was assigned the role of pro Elon Musk. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Which no, at the we time- We have had this argument for, I would say, the last five years. But five. In, like, like Elon Musk has- an. I have a particular issue with anyone who's a billionaire, period. Period. As the kids are saying, period. Imagine a kid hearing that. He'd be like, turning off Yeah, that's that's us on TikTok, where I'm like, and that's on being old. And that's on that period. So there has been a time, like, and I where I think you were a lot more excited about Elon Musk. And I actually want you to go in right now about wow, the turning okay. point. Coming from me. No, 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 not. No, like me coming upstairs. I've actually chosen to quite a while ago, get rid of Elon Musk off of my Twitter. Like, I'm just like, no, I've had it with this person. I don't even want to bring this up. We've been, we even would fight about it a lot. But back when I would, you know, engage with why I did really had issues with him. So I don't really know that much. And I'd like you to explain to me and to the audience sort of like what happened this weekend and what made you change your mind on sure him? well okay to give context of this podcast how we want to flow because we have some studies that are going to link to electric cars and science of that so we're going to intersperse some thoughts about elon musk and those kind of things um i okay i not that i ever knew that much about him when we did our last podcast which i think was two years ago now right yeah, it was two long years time ago. yeah did not think we were doing our it's when they, it's when he years. first started dating Grimes who I j'adore that's French right. for love I um think. <laughs> I think my instinct at first not instinct but my belief was I think that the effort to bring electric vehicles to the market is a noble effort and I feel like if there is these like cultural wars against the oil industry and against big corporations who kind of own everything and aren't pushing harder towards sustainable, then I'd rather have a billionaire or rich people that are promoting the values that I want to see the world go towards. And are at the time, it felt like making it cool. Like these electric cars weren't for nerds. They were actually electric cars that encouraged people to want to like for, for it to be cool that it was like actually oh a social- okay i roll i know but okay i think at the time i just thought what he was doing was at least interesting and that it was the pursuit of science in some ways and sending rockets to space and stuff so it was not just him i think the company was interesting to me tesla uh motors which i think is just called tesla now um and then as a result i saw him as the figurehead for the company and just thought okay that's kind of interesting but i did always think okay there is a little bit of sort of megalomania yeah. in him, this this kind of, which I think happens to almost every billionaire. If they're not already that way, I think once you have that much money, you have this perspective of life that is very, very skewed and self-indulgent and the belief that you are some gift to the humankind. And I think over the past week, it's become more and more clear that his motivations are not so much around actually change in the world if he can't be the one to do it and he's willing to sacrifice people's lives to get his angle so what exactly happened like because i feel like you're more tapped into like the culture of reddit and you said people kind of like turned on him it was because of the covid19 stuff if you want to explain that to people like what did he do that made people start to shift their tone on so 
Definitely, there's been a shift over the last few years, even, I think, because he's such a prominent figure and he's quite controversial, even in terms of like business and economics. Like, he's tweeted things in the past that have got him in trouble based like on. I think he's done some things from Twitter that have impacted the shares of Tesla. I don't really understand. Okay, a lot someone of told stuff. me that. Okay, first red flag went on the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, we'll <laughs> talk about that later. But so did Bernie Sanders, and I love him. I know, so that like, was really important. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, but he apparently smoked a cigar that was laced with weed on the Joe Rogan podcast. And then it like made his, the shares of Tesla fall because it meant that he was like unhinged, even though apparently he was like, if you watch the whole podcast, you, which was probably four and a half hours long, because that's how long they usually are. Uh, I actually said I don't smoke weed. But that was just one example of something I did read where the shares fell because he was like smoking weed with yeah, Joe Rogan on a podcast. has impacted the company in a way where, I mean, a lot, a lot of shareholders have asked that he step down because he's... But is that an example? Reddit? That doesn't seem that bad to me. No, like, so he's tweeted things that have had bigger impacts and, and also gotten like slaps on the wrist for manipulating the market based on that way. But what has happened... And I think he's just like tries to play the meme game and wants to be this cool guy. And I think some people see through it as just a charade to kind of relate to people in a certain way and to be kind of edgy as a CEO, which is rare. Like a lot of CEOs are just business people. They're not on Twitter. They don't have this public access. So I think that's what made him an interesting figure. Have you seen him dance? It's like, bud, you're just, you're not cool, bud. You're not cool. (laughs) If you go, go find a... And he also was, his father was a rich, rich person. Emerald. Yeah. Emer, his father owned an emerald mine in Zambia. That is how he grew up so wealthy. I'm like, I don't know how big this red flag can be. Yeah, it reminds me of Trump, where he likes to talk about how he didn't really have that big of an advantage, or like he, I think he kind of tries to play it down, like he still had to earn his way and these kind of things. But anyway, recently, imagine your dad owned an emerald mine (laughs) and you had the audacity to be like, "Well, I didn't grow up that well. I I, I had to earn my own way." It's like, do you know how many people in this world? Don't have parents who own emerald Anything. mines. It's like even the word emerald. It's like that's insane. It's like wait, people buy emerald. Like what? Wait, like it's like is it in Wicked? I don't know if I've ever seen an emerald in my life. Also, love that you chose Wicked before Wizard of Oz. That shows how gay you are. Yeah, I know. Uh, they're both uh, pretty gay, but yeah. I mean, they're the same. But that, that, Wicked's yeah. a deeper cut. Gay, yeah, I think yeah. it's a more modern gay. Um. Recently, Elon Musk ha- was very opinionated about coronavirus. Over, say, the last month and a half, he has been. But he in said, the last week, he, he, went, he when, went crazy. He, when we were still in LA, it was like such a precarious time. When was it? And he said, what did he tweet? He was like, the panic about coronavirus is, is dumb. dumb. Yeah, coronavirus panic is dumb. And I remember that. I do remember seeing that. And I did have to respond and be like, thanks for your nuanced. Yeah. Opi- like, like you are such a loud speakerphone exactly. right now, and that's what you. And like, I think I, 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 I said I think this the to you earlier. On that one. <laughs> well, I said this to you earlier where I was saying, okay, you can have an opinion about panic being dumb, and there's been some interesting conversations around, especially in the beginning stages. Like, let's not panic, people. We can take it seriously. Doctor Mike has that catchphrase that's you know alert, not anxious, and I think that's a really important thing, especially when everyone was really scared at the beginning as it started exploding. And so maybe, maybe that's what he meant, but it's definitely not what he said. That's people, not what he meant because no, he would say it's that not. differently. Exactly. <laughs> so, but I think that was his sort of defense. Oh, but the panic is dumb. And people who were defending him were saying, he's just saying the panic is dumb. But ultimately, it's like there's a lot of people who are now using that and using the fact that you're a 
billionaire, rich, successful tech guy to think that you have the right opinion. And as a result, they're not going to buy into this coronavirus stuff. So this is like a month and a half ago. Then in March, late March, he goes, oh, by the end of April, I bet Corona, I know coronavirus cases. No, I know. He said something about coronavirus cases being down to zero by the end of April. What? Yeah. Wait, so, wait, wait. He said... He thought he was that- like by the end of April, coronavirus cases in the states will be down to zero. Oh my god! So these are all adding up to him, and people started being like, "Okay, why? Are you why did he these say things? that? You're not an expert. I don't know. He thinks he's smart, but is he saying this? How is it, it affecting him? Like, why? Is okay, he so-, so the presumption in this, I don't want to sound too conspiratorial. So I don't know a lot about this, and I don't under, I don't know a lot about the inner workings of Tesla, but there are some thoughts. Obviously, the the pandemic and the closures and quarantines have have a bit big impact on a lot of companies, right? And so probably Tesla is maybe behind the scenes struggling. I think as a company, it has never been profitable. So this kind of um, like they have momentum and culture. Oh my! You think it's literally because he's actually like wanting. I, I don't to know back. the behind the scenes. There was someone I read somewhere that just like comments on Reddit, people saying he has some stake, and if they can remain the shares at a certain level for three or four months, he gets more money or something like that. I don't. I don't want to say if those are true or not <laughs> because I don't know enough about how that works. But a lot of the conversation has become okay. You're willing to let people die so your company can be more oh, successful. Uh, okay, I've always thought he was the evil. Okay, no, I shouldn't get into these like Reddit theories i'm like either way i know what he i can prove what he has tweeted and i know that he is so he had definitely he tweeted that there was gonna be zero deaths by the end of april i can try and find it while you if you how about we go into one of the sort of studies about electric cars oh, while you do that i'm gonna God. find that tweet just to <laughs> fact check myself I'm okay gonna, well i also want to talk a little bit i love how i really do have an interesting article but i'm like i just want to talk a little, a little bit more about elon musk so <laughs> they just had their baby today breaking news Grimes, this is the person I would love to spend a whole podcast talking about. Is brilliant musician. I do love deeply. I only like three days ago watched three hours of her being interviewed, and I just like she's so endearing. And then he, I don't know if he's joking, and I think it's really funny because like we can't tell if he's joking, but he said they named the baby X A E A twelve Musk. No, uh... <laughs> yeah, that's what he tweeted. What? Like, what is that? Like, ha- do you say that a certain okay, way? Okay, you know how she has that song that has an A and an E, like, connected? It's very A on Flux. I've never it's seen like that movie. After but... Effects is the only thing I can think about when I see an A. Yeah, it's like, it's like X, A, and E, but the, the like, Right, isn't are... that, like, isn't that, that, that like, stupid, Swedish? like, Latin or something? Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then A12. Oh, we're so dumb. But I'm, the thing that made me so mad, just because I'm like, I love Grimes and then he That part like, didn't make me No, mad. Is, that, is that the kid's going to have last name Musk. I'm like uh, no, that Grimes. that kid's last name should be Boucher. It should be her last name because wow. if there's anything we're looking far at history, she right now, has fallen. <laughs> no, I mean, okay, that's also we we shouldn't shame her because the the patriarchy makes no, everyone I, take their sorry, dad's last name. No, that's true. I guess I, in the context of all the other things I used to think of her, like she used to literally have in her bio anti-capitalist, anti-imperialist. Thank you. Uh, whoops. Okay, <laughs> fact check. Well, I did just fact check my Elon Musk tweet, and he did say that. I'll what tell did you exactly he say? What he said. Based on the, this is on March 19th. So well into things starting to shut down, right? Yeah. Based on the current trends, probably close to zero new cases in US too by the end of April. Oh no, that did not age well. No, And I will also say, just to add to the controversy of what he's been saying recently, he's been saying like free America, like copying (gasps) Trump. What? Yeah. And then 
<laughs> very prominent conservative and alt-right members are posting responses or things on Twitter that he's responding to being like, yes, exactly. Like doctors oh are God, being Grimes. forced. Doctors no. are being forced to lie about how many people have coronavirus no. and saying everyone has it. When in fact, there's many who are saying the exact opposite that they are underdiagnosing because they don't have the test. To and do this it. is all while Grimes is having his baby. I'm actually so okay. sad. Tell us your story. I'm sorry. I just had to get that out. No, I'm actually really sad now. I love Grimes so much. Okay, well, oh, he has five other kids. What? <laughs> yeah. Because I thought it was like, yeah, he has five other sons. This is his sixth son. Oh, they had another also boy? Also sad that they had a boy. Don't you think? <laughs> okay. okay. Tell me more. Okay. He dropped out of his physics and materials degree after two days to pursue business. Wah, wah, red flag. Okay. Didn't he go to West? Or he, Queens? No, Queens. Okay, that's a... That's also a red dark flag. mark on Sorry, Yeah, that is a red flag. <laughs> um, and then it, it also says he has a Bachelor of Science degree in economics and a Bachelor of Arts degree in physics. And I was kind of like, um, okay, hon. Like, I'm sure... <laughs> I don't, I don't want to like say anything about that, but babe, I'm not sure if you probably know as much as you think and not, you don't want people to know. Okay. So what I want to talk about now is a study that came out this. Oh, oh someone at our oh, door. Do we get it? Imagine this is the beginning of a horror movie. <laughs> it's like, I hate when people knock on our door during quarantine. It's like, you know, yeah, we like, can't talk we're to not you. coming. <laughs> okay, Greg, you tell your story. I'll just go quickly check because Ernie's barking. Oh, like no, literally if anyone is at our door, we are not answering it. Okay. I wouldn't answer it. I would just see if there's something. We have to allow the people to podcast to know that they are a number one on priority. True. Okay. I'm here. I'm here. So one thing that I uh, struggle with, because obviously I do, uh, as you said earlier, when it comes to Elon Musk, I think that the climate crisis is the biggest issue of our time. And I think that's one thing that he also would say confidently. So he's obviously built a career and uh, life around that opinion, which I think is a really important one that we should all have. So I like, obviously I'm not going to knock him for that. And one thing that he's really done uh, is create, uh, you're right, cool quote unquote electrical cars the tank one is homophobic whatever that machine is called is not there was no gay people involved in designing that freaking tank i hate that anyways this is a study that is talking about how to get people to drive less cars and i think that's one thing that he probably doesn't isn't aware of his impact is that he's still creating this cool culture around the individualistic idea of owning a car, Mm. which is, I think actually really problematic as we move forward. I think one thing I've always thought was interesting he was doing was like the hyperloop, like creating actual like public transit that moves is that moves mass amounts of people like through, uh, using electricity or renewable energy is interesting to me. And I think public transit is a much more important thing to talk about than trying to figure out a new way for people to own individual cars. And so this study came out as a really interesting way to try and stall the concept of everyone trying to buy cars because actually recently, um, overall vehicle ownership in Europe grew by 25% between the year 2000 and 2017. People are buying more cars Mm. and they think it actually has to do with the fact that people are more affluent in many ways. And because like the price is coming down sometimes for four cars. Okay. And so this is talking about this one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Concept that people don't understand is that people underestimate how much a car actually costs. So you can go in and you can uh, understand, okay, I'm going to pay this much for a car. And then you can also properly guess they did. This is a study of 7,000 people asking them how much they think their car costs. For like over the lifetime of having it, you mean? Yeah. Not just the price of the car. No, over the lifetime of You're having it. You're talking about your insurance, your, your, exactly. Fi- your like insurance fixing, is a big part. Fixing Repair. the engine. Yes. Okay. So they actually, I know so much about cars. Yeah. Fixing yeah. Well, that is, that's, that's all it. I could think of. <laughs> So consumers underestimate the total cost of vehicle ownership by 240 US dollars per month on average. Oh, whoa. Because they actually, it's almost a 50%, 50% of the price that you think you're going to pay for a car, you don't realize you end up having to pay. So is this saying if I were to buy a car today and predict how much it would cost me over the course of its life that I would yeah. have it, it would cost me Double. around 240 US dollars more every month, month than I would anticipate it would. Yes, okay, wow. exactly. And so it's it's a really fascinating way of trying to figure out. Uh, the main reason is because of repair, tax, and insurance and the depreciation of the actual value of the car. Right, because at, by the time you can sell it even later in its life. Yes, and f- people are actually able to accurately guess how much they are going to spend on fuel. Right. Which is interesting because that actually like negates if you have a, an electrical car. Well, that's surprising too. I wouldn't yeah. be able to guess that. I think because people, because <laughs> it's such a tangible thing that they have to do. Like they have yeah. to like figure it out. And okay. So what they're saying is they they, exclo- they explored the question of if they could somehow get this information out to the general public. And they use like an algorithm to find that it would actually decrease the amount of car purchases by 37%. Even mm. if they were able to like be really conservative with the estimate, like instead of saying it'll it's, it's double, which is what they found, let's just say it's like 40% more just so that people don't come for us and mm. see how much that like people would then realize, wait, okay, this is too expensive. For, this is out of my budget. I can't actually afford this car. Right. And they're more apt to pay for public transit mm. and figure out another way to get places. Yeah. Of course, this is going to be a lot easier for people in urban areas is one thing that they talked about. But then they're saying like, if you think as we move forward, there's a lot of cities like um, London, for example, which is actually increasing the amount it costs uh, for parking. That's happening in New, York, in New York too. Really figuring out bike lanes, like trying to lean into these like things. Why? Why are you looking at me? <laughs> I'm sorry, I was smiling because I only just realized you're wearing like athleisure right now. <laughs> oh my! God. I was paying attention, but then you started talking about bike lanes and stuff, and then I was like, "You look so sporty." 
<laughs> that's so okay it's quarantine like i don't know i'm gonna go for a run like i don't because on the camera i noticed your little naked leg there oh my god <laughs> okay. like what's he wearing so keep for going, those of you who don't know subscribe to youtube and you'll see my thought actually <laughs> whoa you look whoa they look is that an, is that an <laughs> optical an illusion, illusion? <laughs> you you jerk it's not an optical illusion i run, run wow run. over this angle it's literally a skeleton and bones <laughs> oh my god okay anyways <laughs> I'm just going to get back to my point, which is that I think uh, it's, it's a really interesting study about, you know, can we against lobbying? Because they said they will be lobbied for sure by the, these vehicle industries to not get this information out there. But how, whether it's in campaigns that go on TV, whether they legally make it that they actually have to accurately represent how much this car will cost over time as hmm. you buy them are things. This study was done in Germany. Sure. Germany loves regulation. They're going to maybe use this study to then go forward and say, you know what? We need people to stop buying, especially combustion engine cars. That has to happen. We know that has to happen. Elon Musk is obviously trying to figure out how to make that happen. The way he's doing it is by creating a new, cool, sleek, individualistic car that runs on electricity. Again, the electricity currently comes from the grid that is mostly predominantly done by burning fossil fuels. Different story. Um, but then this is saying, no, let's get people to actually step away from the concept of buying a car, leaning more into public transit, increasing the... Uh, efficiency and ability of public transit across even rural areas in Germany and maybe make literal television ads that explain to people almost like don't smoke like this is how mm. much a car costs well actually. yeah i mean i i don't know the effectiveness of what i'm about to say but even uh at least here in canada i think in the states as well they now put calorie counts at like food places when you buy them so if you go to a mcdonald's or a Popeyes, they have to list it. And sometimes it's just understanding and knowing. Yeah. Having the information, like if you were to buy a car, here's the estimate of what that will cost you, is, yeah, protecting consumers to make sure they can understand. Because sometimes thinking for the next 30 years, you're not really going to have a concept of what you will make necessarily or what you'll spend or what your expectations are. So that is like a useful piece of information. And Someone underestimating by 50% is a is lot. A lot. Yeah. yeah. To think one thing and then see another would help you to make a wiser decision. Anyways, I just thought that was really interesting. As we move forward and figure out other ways to try and, you know, deal with this climate crisis, it's a communication crisis as much as it is like a climate crisis. And so we have to figure out the ways that we get people to mm -hmm. listen. Um, should we go, let's do, should we do a comment corner and then come into yours? Yeah, that sounds good. Comment corner. Okay, so today's comment corner I got from our iTunes podcast reviews. If you want to leave us one, we'll love you for it. Yes, um, do it. We'll love you. This is from Josh55T. Interesting. Ooh, spell the T, Josh. So. Uh, it says, you do have become role models to me. I am 14 Aww. and gay myself. Aww. Adorable. I want to say thank you for showing that queer people can do anything. You guys have inspired me to pursue a career in science. <gasps> I want to become a pharmacist or a clinical researcher. <gasps> mm, genius. Uh, thank you for teaching me that queer people can do anything and that Aww. I can accomplish my dreams. You guys are so amazing. Side note has become one of the best parts of my week. That is so cute. I... <laughs> Could cry. <laughs> yeah, and you know what's so nice? Like I, That's I didn't come out a nice till comment. almost nineteen years old. It's so nice to know that there are young, out, proud, queer people. And it is so important that that also knowing that you love science. Like one thing that was always hard for me was I was like, I love science, but I sound like this, and do I everyone always that? tells me I should like do art? Like I know that's weird. I mean, there's a, another issue I have, which is that. 
this division between science and art, which I think is extremely problematic and holding the world back because science needs creativity. Creativity needs science. Sure. But yeah, being that young and like just openly, maybe at least to yourself being openly gay and loving science is just like awesome because as much as that's the way that I felt, I don't think I knew how to like express it it. Mm -hmm. and thank goodness I did sort of in my own way. But looking back, I'm like, how did you manage to like juggle all that? Yeah, I don't, I don't really have a distinct memory of my relationship to science. I obviously remember thinking when I was younger, okay, like not understanding where my queerness fit into it, but I was in denial of my queerness that sometimes it's just such a weird jumbled up relationship in my mind of being young and queer and liking science because I was repressed. And so I wasn't like, I, I Ooh, hopefully, okay. I hopefully Josh feels it. like much more open about it because he, I'm not sure if he's or, or them. I don't actually, I don't know for sure if this is. Um, a boy or not? Did he say? They. Either way, I don't know. I just for me, I ugh, it would be so nice to know if you are comfortable with who you are that you can feel then a different way your relationship to science. You know, so like do you if, not like? I, I actually distinctly remember when I fell in love with science. I do as well, but I guess I mean my relationship to science, especially in high school, was actually pretty positive because in so many ways it actually was a refuge for me being gay because it was like being closer to the nerd spectrum in my school, at least was further away from the jocks and the people who would make fun of me. Oh, what? so I think like my classes for physics would be only like 10 people. Cause it was, you know, once you're getting in past like the first beginnings of biology and stuff, once you got into late high school, you were choosing. So that no one there was going to be mean to me. Like they were all, Oh nice. my God. Cause you were like, you were finding, it was like, you were almost finding refuge in the fact that a lot of the people who loved science, were nicer. Yeah, or I didn't oh have fears. God. They you weren't, weren't in they the business weren't, class. They weren't the, yeah, and they weren't the cool kids. Oh my God. Right? Like we wow. were all just kind of like nerdy kids who liked science. And as a result, my That's gayness so or queerness was not really a big part of it because if anything, it was protecting that part of me. That is so interesting because I feel like like as much, I didn't actively understand that, but that was true for me too. Like my science classes were a refuge. You're right. People were actually less intimidating because they were more likely to be ostracized in their own way, whether mm-hmm. they were gay or straight or girls. Or I would say in earlier anything. science classes, it wouldn't have been that way because that's everyone's mandatory. forced. Yeah. Right. But when I was in grade 11 and 12 is when wow. I was like, Oh, these classes, I don't, I can, not that it's like I was coming out and being so gay or anything but i definitely probably felt a little bit more myself and less insecure because i was thinking these people aren't judging me in that way i remember for me falling in love with science it was like i would go to my art class and be like oh okay i do love visual art and i get to draw like funny that this isn't even a course (laughs) (laughs) or i do my gym class i'd be like oh i love expelling energy i get to run around in circles funny this is even a course (laughs) and then i go to science class and then they'd be like okay so this is literally how the world works you know what i mean like i remember (laughs) having these moments being like it almost seems unfair that like these other classes are actually put at the same level as this class where they're like, okay, no, but like this right, is to figure everything out. Photosynthesis, <laughs> like this is physics. Like, or I remember the first time I was explained the expanding universe, I slammed the textbook. Like it was, it was like the teacher going through, okay, so this is um, earth. This is a solar system. And they're like, zooming out. Like, you know, like, this is a galaxy. And like, it just kept zooming out and out. And I actually was like, <gasps> like, oh my God, like, Oh my God. Like this is like, this is actually <laughs> the meaning context. of life. This is context. Like we like, this is changing your perspective. It literally like I slammed the book, like held it tight and like 
stared at a wall and just like had a full like body like I don't know epiphany. I don't know what it is, but I'm like no other you course remember that did. Moment. Yeah. Wow. Whereas like I I mean I have really learned I love art and I I made sure I kept that part of me, but I I have learned how complex and interesting art is in its own way but at the time it was harder for me to to like place the same value and I was like of course I'm going to take every single physics chemistry biology like have as much of this information as I can for free (laughs) in school like I'm going to like mine this and then it turned into my life but I definitely like when I took grade 12 physics like I think my personality really was at odds with the teacher of what he thought a physicist should and could be and genuinely like really like talked me out of that class, which I, to this day I think was rooted in like homophobia and my, mm. and my sort of chatty, like exuber. I was out in that, I came out in that year. So I was like, really like, I was the confident. Right, we, I was like, to. I was trying to make like, um, like beaded necklaces happen. <laughs> 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 like I definitely dressed like I was, I just, I think he actually just was like, this guy's going to like disrupt my ability to teach people physics oh my God, that's yeah messed up. i know i i've reflected on that a lot and i don't think he knew what he was doing but i didn't feel welcome there and and i just think that that is like i'm so proud of this person for just being like no i'm gonna be yeah, a freaking clinical awesome. researcher it's amazing well josh thank you so much for sending us your little review and message yeah and like obviously that struck a chord with us mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh-huh. Okay, so a magic spell Back just happened. To Elon Musk. A magic spell just happened, and this time I turned into a squirrel. <laughs> what? That's the thing I do because that sounds like a magic <laughs> Wait, spell, what? and I just picture like because it's an audio-only <laughs> podcast for some people. If you hear that noise, imagine I just became a frog. Ribbit, ribbit. <laughs> wow, that's that's riveting, riveting. If I say so myself. Your face. Oh um, my god. You're, what? Well, I didn't. I, <laughs> sometimes I don't understand you, but I think that's the nicest part about you. And sometimes I don't understand you too because <laughs> you still think that Elon Musk was going to save the world. <laughs> Well, I oh want to. So let's let's clarify some things because before I go into my sort of science stuff about electric vehicles, I looked in a little bit to Elon Musk and Tesla just because I wanted to make sure I knew some groundwork facts. And these are some things I found out. So Tesla was actually created by two different people. Elon Musk was not part of this. It was Martin Eberhard and Mark Tarpening. Were the okay, they're fake. <laughs> Those sound like fake names. Mark and Nepper, Nepper, Dark and Nepper. There was a third person who was added, and then Elon Musk came on as a venture capitalist. Oh, Lord. So he basically, fun, like, in my mind, I was like, oh, Elon Musk created and founded Tesla. And then they actually. So Elon Musk and those first five people, even though the other three joined later, they signed a deal that allowed Elon Musk and those other two to call themselves founders. So even though he wasn't technically a founder, he wanted, and I'm not just blaming this on him because maybe those other people wanted that as well, who, because he gave money, he wanted to be able to be like, I'm a co-founder. Grimes knows all this, right? <laughs> I'm like, know. I hope that like Grimes isn't finding us out as she's raising his baby. Uh, um, things <sighs> I also didn't oh. know. In January of this year, Tesla became the most valuable American automaker to ever exist. Yeah. I, I We talked, I mean, I didn't, I knew Maybe that, but I, we didn't talk about it in that context, but I knew it was the second Which is, most profitable. No, but it's not auto- profitable. Sorry. It was valued as yeah, the second most. In the most, world, it's the second most valuable automaker. Yeah, next to who? Next to Toyota. So it just passed oh, wow. Volkswagen 
in like the end of January of this year. So that's why I was confused because I'm like, how are they never profitable? I guess there's stuff about like how much research and development they have to do and how because they don't have retailers, like you can't go to uh, like a car. What do you say? Shop? <laughs> Where do you get a car? I'm so surprised. Yeah, exactly. Because they're like hard they, to get. So like, that, but so they have to spend so much, I guess, on like promotion and getting people like the their hope is obviously long term. Once they get market saturation, then the money starts to start rolling in. But I that think that seems they, okay. Every Silicon, not every Silicon Valley story, but that story happens to me. I hear it all the time, and I'm just like all these dudes walking around being like, "Okay, well, well, just your way. Well, <laughs> it is your crazy. Wait until we go make it. It's like ew. It's wild. It's like if you're so they made eighty six point five billion dollars in America, and I'm like, if you can't be profitable at that, <laughs> not, that's crazy. But I guess the whole point is they are having to do so much legwork to make the technology and to get the resources to do it and to put into marketing and to all those kind of things. So I don't understand business, but there is a point where I'm like, you're making almost a hundred billion dollars. And they have to get the best crib for XA on flux 12 number. 17 yeah, exactly. Musk. I know. Do you think his crib is just going to be one of the cars? It's going to have no railings and it's just going to be like, it's going to look like a doctor's chair and he's going to uh, elevate above it. Um, or she or they, because I they also right. just like, yeah, I'm not going to bail on the podcast. I just have to text someone because I have an appointment. Oh, my God. No, no, no. That I'm going to be like, too. So I just like want to send a message while you help me. That's very there. Elon Musk of you to be like, I have a digital appointment uh, that I need to do. Um, no, I do think that I do think that um, Tesla being the second like market market capitalization as the second most profitable or not profitable. Sorry. Valuable car company to me. Was so surprising. Yeah. It's like every other car them. company has also existed for like 70 and I, years. I always am like, oh, there's a Ford. There's a Toyota. Like they're, <laughs> they're everywhere, but I'm never like, I haven't seen a Tesla. I know. Maybe it's, yeah, I it's, honestly don't know. They're all over like LA, but like being in Toronto, it's like, where are they? I don't know. So uh, those were my only couple facts about Tesla, but I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about whether or not Tesla is actually sustainable. Okay, cool. Because this is a video we've been trying to think about making. Yeah. And so it's for this, for my facts here, I've leaned heavily into, there's an awesome channel on YouTube called Our Changing Climate. It's like one of my favorite yeah, channels. So, so you can check them out. They cover all sorts of topics. Actually, definitely check them out. Yeah. I love it. It's mostly like voiceover uh, with just like stock images. Is that stuff. YouTube really well like a... Uh, essay vibe yeah, of like yeah, a video guy essay. being like, hello. Uh, so just some facts I'm going to spit out to kind of analyze whether or not Teslas are actually sustainable. So the impact of a Tesla is 68% more emissions. Wait, what am I talking about here? The, it, the, uh, sorry, this is like about the extraction process we're talking about so the you know your tesla gets on a road but there's a lot that happens before that so getting the materials oh. getting the resources it's actually worse for the environment in that process by 68 percent. yeah so because it's so energy intensive they're trying to find rail rare metals i think what they do is they dig giant holes like there's a mine in china where they're digging for these rare metals and they dump toxic chemicals on it to is be this able to, to get find it for the battery yeah so when they do that for example only 0.2 percent of what comes out of the ground is used but they basically are destroying parts of the land right so it's a hugely problematic process wait this that, is for the battery this, this isn't is for the for, car this is for materials that are used mostly in the battery but get used in the car as well what let okay. me see if I wrote here where they're used. I wonder if there's any emeralds used in that. Hello, call your dad from the emerald mine. Um, Did you know his dad also started? You, can I tell you one thing? Just yeah. his dad had a baby with his stepdaughter, who he knew the stepdaughter since she was four. 
Is that disgusting? Wait, isn't he also like disenfranchised from his family? Yeah, that, I was gonna say he doesn't like he does not like, like his dad. With he doesn't okay. associate his dad. But it's like, uh, but like there's it's still the genetics. Girl. Yeah, there's still genetics. <laughs> nature versus nurture. <laughs> um. So I uh, sorry. I was just trying to. Sorry, I'm feeling kind of scattered because I, I had to text. But um. <laughs> basically, yeah. Those materials, those rare metals, are used in the battery, headlights, and onboard electronics. So mostly they have that battery. crazy cool screen. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, it's basically that that extraction process is extremely dirty and is not green. Basically, in any way, it's producing 68% more emissions than an actual, not actual, than a typical car would. But, um, <laughs> okay. So these mines also use gas and coal powered equipment for extraction. So, on top of destroying the environment and releasing emissions, you're, the, they're not using like electric materials to, or like solar powered materials to get these materials either. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, so, you have like huge factory pits and stuff, not factory pits, but open pits that they're using coal and gas and burning the whole time but ultimately once the car is on the road obviously it's way more green even though it depends where you are because you might be using energy anyway if you're plugging into a circuit that's not using renewable energy and and is using gas or coal seeing a lot of them all over los angeles and california and learning about california's grid system it's really it's it's quite green. It's oh yeah, kind of amazing. Oh, oh California yeah. is one of the best places yeah. to be having a Tesla and actually feeling like okay, I'm not, I'm not uh, using as many emissions. And right Ontario is extremely green too. Yeah. Very lot of wind, like energy. So it's it, it is interesting, like to think about the two places we've sort of spent time recently. It would mm-hmm. be smart to have a Tesla if you yeah. could afford it, and you could feel sort of pat on the back. Okay, I have a Tesla. It's be- it yeah. is better. Um, and like, ultimately, <laughs> they found that. After 18 months on the road, an electric car actually compensates for all those things that it did when it's um, with the battery. creation process that it huh. becomes more green from that point okay. on, which is 18 months is not very long in that if you're going to have a car for 10, 15, 20 years, that is going to be a lot better. But it's still enough time to allow you to be like, okay, it's not this like magical yeah and you're still impacting the environment right that's like our phones and everything like they're trying to find these rare metals that are needed in places that they can exploit or destroy or whatever back to what i was saying about the concept of maybe not owning a car like how Mm -hmm. do we culturally shift it so that we use public transport ride sharing apps like what do we that's ultimately what even this video's discussion was about so a gas-powered car has two times the emissions over its lifetime okay Uh, but ultimately it's like you know oh and one other thing is that tesla's Many electric companies, but Tesla tries to recycle most of its batteries. So about 70% of its batteries get recycled, which Mm. means they don't need to go mining for more and they're not making a new car and it's being reused. So there's, there's, you know what I mean? Like there's elements of it that even once they get it, they can reuse it again later. So many people are buying a Tesla and probably also have like a Ferrari and also have a light, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and ultimately if you already have a vehicle, it's actually probably Probably not better to get a new car unless you need it. Yeah. Right. So ultimately should you get an electric vehicle? If you're in the market for a car right now, awesome. And you can afford it. That's great. But if you have a car that's not that old and you could still, it's, you're not doing a service by creating a bigger demand for these things. There's still an impact on the climate, on the environment from this. So don't just think it's a be all fix all. If anything, we should be, it might minimize individual emissions, but those are actually not often the biggest part of our problem, right? Like we have to fight for mm-hmm. legislation that will regulate companies and regulate countries and help to make us all commit. Actually, to Actually oil companies uh, early on tried to create those campaigns of like, you know, what can you do yourself to be more green to try and get the sort of like energy and momentum off their backs. So yeah, it's something totally, we should always yeah. remember. It's like, 
obviously yeah. do your best individually, but it's really about action together against corporations and getting politicians mm-hmm. to lobby behind you. So I think we can have a couple extra minutes here to talk about some some more thoughts about Elon after we've gone through these studies. Well, like, that certainly didn't help. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, no, I do think, again, going back to oh, my God, initial stance two years ago, even, I, I still think it's a noble cause, like excluding him, for example, for car companies and like brand new car companies like Tesla. I shouldn't say brand new, but car companies that focus exclusively on electric vehicles. I think that's a noble cause and I do think it's a good thing. And I'm I'm but, excited that culturally we seem to be shifting towards that being the future. But we also need to talk about Elon Musk because that is the name of this podcast. It's Elon Musk, you know, update or whatever. And it's like, I actually am still, I feel a little bit like, okay, this, I, this is what I was worried about. Like, what? I'm, I'm a man with these with this history, with this like megalomania vibe, just like, again, trying to swoop in and save the world. And in fact, it's like the, every way that he's acted, I've felt in the past has made me skeptical of them that I'm like, can't believe we're sitting here. And he's like saying that, you know, coronavirus cases are going to be zero by the end of April with his platform. Like I'm just frustrated because I'm obviously I don't want to be like, Oh, I told you so. But it's like frustrating to me when it's like, well, yeah, it's like, it's like, if you are a, I, there should not be billionaires period. And this is one thing like I think when it comes to something like the climate crisis, I'm like, I am sorry, but we literally need to tax the hell out of these people. They do. No one deserves that much money. He does not deserve that much money. If Tesla's making that much money, it should not be going into his pocket. We need to take their money from them and put it into infrastructure and building a green new deal and a, and a grid system that works for the people. And so when I hear about Elon Musk and it frustrates me because I think a lot of people get really excited around like money and billionaires, especially men. I'm just like, whatever, it's my podcast. I'm going to be hyperbolic, whatever way I want, but it's just the way I freaking feel. And it hasn't let me down up till this point. This obsession that men have with like status and money is like toxic. I think is ruining the world. And I really feel like, it frustrates me because I think that a lot of these billionaires are getting propped up within society because people think that if you're a billionaire, you have to be like an amazing person or have done something amazing when really you've probably just like figured out a fucked up way to like make things inequality become more rampant hashtag Amazon it's like, it's like if I find out that someone is a billionaire, culturally, I want people to start being like, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Like, that's actually disgusting. Well, I think I saw an interesting discussion online of somebody like, if you are a billion, like, because some people have this in their mind, like, when I'm a billionaire, I, I'm going to give back so much. I'm going to, if I got that rich, I would, you know, pay all my employees fairly. But someone pointed out, like, people who are billionaires are billionaires because at every opportunity they were given, they exploited people to the degree that they could like a a person who's a company owner who decides i want to pay my employees not just what's maybe considered minimum fair but like what is a good wage i want my employees to have a good life to have good time off to be safe to be like when they have health insurance these billionaires and massively rich people they're that way in the first place because they decided from the get-go that's not what they were doing and it's because that's what like they were like he has this degree in business it's like that's what they're taught like Mm -hmm. i'm just i'm just like as we move further and further into this climate crisis 
I'm like, we need to start talking about the cultural aspect of obsessing over money. And I just think it frustrates me because billionaires are seen as idols to people because they have so much money. And I'm like, that's actually to me like disgusting, embarrassing. And I know I make jokes yeah, about I mean, they're literally, they're literally dragons sitting on piles of money while people starve to death, people die. And I mean, we're all part of this system, right? Like, yeah, we, for sure. We are very well off. We have comfortable lives. And so that people could argue that about us in some ways as well. And they should. And, yeah. And they totally should. Exactly. We should be all acknowledging where we're coming from and how we can improve and and stopping this sort of idolizing of billions of dollars because you're right there is some weird association between people thinking that and this is the problem with him tweeting about this stuff people think if you're a billionaire that you're a genius people think that if you're a billionaire you have the answers you must know something and which is why when he tweets about coronavirus in this way it's so problematic because if you like you're just not it just goes to show you can be really smart in some ways and absolutely idiotic but then this is the thing is like i'm like is he even smart because i don't even think many of the things he said have been very nuanced i think nuanced i mean obviously somebody who is at that point in some way has something i don't know whether that's just but that is what i will say is not obvious to me that is not obvious yeah you're right i i don't know it be obvious it doesn't make him smart at all necessarily i would say i do not know enough about him to say whether or not in what way he is or isn't smart obviously he's persistent obviously he's made a name of himself and he's found a way to (laughs) monopolize on certain things whether that makes him smart or not i don't know it's that same conversation that when people go like oh kim kardashian is actually a genius it's like it kind of depends how you look at it. You might be like, yeah, she actually plays this role and is a marketing expert and all these things. And that makes her so smart. That's such but a- somebody else may say, okay. no, she only cares about money. That doesn't make her smart. I'm going to be hyperbolic again. And it, that's an interesting comparison, I think, because I obviously think that misogyny is rampant in our culture. But let's just focus on the Western culture. I bet so many men would say that Kim Kardashian is dumb. And then would, in the same breath, say that Elon Musk is smart. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's an Mm -hmm. interesting comparison to be like, okay, like, why are you choosing to idolize someone and why are you not? And I bet a lot of people see, like, see themselves in Elon Musk. Like, I'm making an assumption about, like, Reddit and the types of places that, like, you've said have turned on him recently. I don't don't want to act like I know what's happening. I've just, I see the conversations happening even in places like Reddit that have, like, a lot of fanboys for him. Um... I'm just thinking like that is like an int- that's actually an interesting place to talk with someone who might love Elon Musk and right. not like K- Kim Kardashian who is happens right. to be a man. It's like okay, well that's like that's interesting. Like why would they be considered any different? Yeah, but I think you have to ask yourself that question as well. Would you call Kim Kardashian a genius? No, okay. I have no interest in like yeah, like I no, I would not call Kim Kardashian that's a all. genius. Yeah, yeah. Um but I know we people have had those genuine conversations of being like, oh, but she is actually so smart. She's found a way to capitalize on the system. Oh, my God. I see what you're saying. No, I definitely know that. It's it, They're actually very similar to me. I think that's an interesting comparison. Like and, Elon Musk is Kim Kardashian. And if we want to end it here, there is a famous photo recently that I was kind of looking at once when we were like, it went online and I was like partying. And I kind of had a moment where I was like, oh, my God, the world is a sci-fi movie and it's crazy. And it was a photo of... Kim Kardashian, um, Travis Scott, Kanye West, Grimes, and Elon Musk. It was like, it was just like this like smorgasbord of like cool LA, like fuckboy vibes mixed with like, you know, the sci-fi fleet and then Grimes. 
this person who I've loved, <laughs> this little like Montreal like experimental musician who I like love. It is respect, crazy. Just smack it's in the middle there. Wild. If it's you don't wild. know much about Grimes, it is just so Aww. weird to think that she is with Elon Musk. It's so weird. And obviously, we do not know the ins and outs of their relationship. And I don't want to overly judge her, but I'm just like, what? We can't just be. There can't be like some crazy difference that only she's. I don't know. I'm just like. No, they're. Oh god. Okay. It makes me sad because I think her me music too. is really interesting and cool. And then I think that she's like wanting to say interesting things. But then it, how can you be with somebody like that who is not interested in the world from an artistic? I don't know. Or just like obviously seeing that he's willing to sacrifice other people's lives so he can remain a mega billionaire. Like that must sit weird with her. It has to. It has to. Or else. Or, or she's not as cool as I thought. That's like the options, and I don't. You know I literally I mean? want to barf. <laughs> you say that, I'm like crime's not as cool as I thought. I get so nervous. <sighs> okay, well, probably yeah. in, in two years from now, we're gonna have update number three. I, I, I hope my prediction better. is that at some point he will be removed as CEO of the company. Is how he is. Um, I think Tesla will want to get rid of him because he's too volatile and too unpredictable, and, and has a negative impact on the company's image. Yeah, because I, there are lots of people who work at Tesla who are probably like, shut up. You know what I mean? And yeah. other co-founders and other people working being like, we're trying to do something cool and you're actually going to like destroy that. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. What, any last final words? No, no. I honestly, I just, this is just like, if anyone needs to know it's consistent turmoil, you're probably rolling your eyes, but I just love crime so much. I just can't, <laughs> I just can't believe it. I just can't believe she just uh, gave birth uh, to his sixth, sixth, Time. That is really weird. I just truly thought this was going to be his first child. How no. old is he? I did not do my He's research. like 54 or something. He's a lot older than her too. That is so weird. Not that that matters, but it's just... I also just want to like see what she would do with like $100 million on a music video. You know what I mean? Like that's what I wished when they were together. I hope... She, like I'm just like, why are we not seeing... She just wants to perform in space, babe. Actually, it might be. <laughs> like That might be true. No. Oh, I read something today. Last tangent. Yeah, no, I'm, always, I'm always like, you have to be somewhere. I'm to trying go. to I've been texting them. Elon Musk is going to make a movie with Tom Cruise in space. Okay. The no, real... he's not. They're well, both going to run that, out of oxygen and die. This that is not was true. a headline today that like Tom Cruise and Elon Musk are talking about like the first ever movie that gets actually filmed in this, space or okay. something. And this is something I've always said. It's like... Elon Musk, even his name, when you look at him, I'm like, you are the super villain yeah. in a movie. Tom Cruise, Scientology, bring them together. We're doomed. Okay, people, <laughs> we are not looking up to Elon anymore. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, more and more people are seeing that, uh, A, he is probably the villain in his own narrative. Like, I don't think he quite realizes it, but people are starting to see that. And I think it's an important message, like you said, being a billionaire, no matter if you're uber conservative, uber liberal or centrist, like that's not a cool thing and it's not a good thing. And you can be on any side of the spectrum. And at the end of the day, if you're a billionaire, you probably actually just don't give a shit about people. Right? At the end of the day. Okay, well, we like we can start putting the music on. I'm going to leave you with something really confusing, which is Oprah. We love Oprah. Oh, we love what? Oprah. Okay, that, I'm not co-signing that. I love that. Oprah. <laughs> Craig loves Oprah. Is she a billionaire, though? I love Oprah. I love Does she have a billion? I don't know if she's a billionaire. I love Oprah. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. We've ranted. We've raved. Let us know what you think about Elon Musk. Is he evil or a genius or the worst? He's the worst. Okay. <laughs> Hashtag sign out podcast. <laughs> See you guys later. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.